Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. members. I'm Kate, and I am very excited to welcome a very special guest co-host. Today we have Bryce from Horror Movie Talk. Hey, Bryce. Say hi to everyone. Hey, Horror Movie Club or Horror Nightlight. Horror you can Club. call it. What we have it? like five words. So if you pick two of those words, then you're good. Okay. Clubby Our Club. Clubby Club. And he's going to be um, Emma for this episode, which is going to be super fun. So try not to get them confused. I wore my best. That's bro. right. Yes, he dressed for the part. Um, if you haven't listened to horror movie talk, um, definitely do yourself a favor and go check them out on o- Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you get your podcast, they'll be there. Uh, Bryce and David at Horror Movie Talk are like the unofficial big brothers of the Nightlight Horror Movie Club, and they're kind of a big deal. So, <laughs> pretty cool having them here. We're really excited that you're here. Thank you so much for coming, Bryce. Yeah, we love your guys' podcast. We're it's really pretty simpatico, like yeah. the, the formats and I think the the difference is like ours is definitely much more testosterone filled. <laughs> yes, I think so. And like and um uh, you know, questionable Questionable <laughs> in terms of political correctness and your guys' is, is is the uh, kinder, gentler version. We're, yeah, we're like a horror tea party a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we love it. We've had you guys on um, our show. Yeah. So Emma was on the uh, Anna and the Apocalypse episode yes. with me. Yes, she was. And then you were on... I was on 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's right. I was yeah. so happy that I got to do that one because <laughs> I love that movie. I was like, <laughs> yes, finally. But this this episode, we're covering Halloween, the 2018 sequel and uh, I didn't pick this one, and Bryce didn't pick this one. This one came from the club, and we mm. threw it to our um, patron club members, our club officers, as we call them, uh, along with a couple of our other options. And they all pretty almost almost unanimously picked this movie, which I was very nervous about, <laughs> to be honest. We we talked before the recording, and me and David talk at length of how crazy Halloween fans are, They're- like. Uh, they are a special breed of horror fans to where if you have any criticism of Halloween or Michael Myers, like they will come out of the woodworks and tell you how wrong 100%. you are. It's personal to them. It's so personal. <laughs> it is. So like, like I, okay. I, my brother Austin is a humongous Halloween fan. Um, we grew up in different houses. So he would come over to our house and we had a little, out of tune piano and he would constantly be going there just like do 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 like constantly so whenever he heard us cover halloween on the podcast the original one i still haven't heard the end of it he is so pissed (laughs) what did you guys give it i don't it wasn't good man like so that that was that was when it was me and chris and neither of us grew up watching the original halloween so we didn't have Uh that nostalgia at all for it and um neither of us really got it just came across very cheesy which i think on Mm -hmm. repeat viewings i can kind of be like okay like i appreciate 
how this is of the time. I appreciate what it did for the horror movie genre, but I'm it's not a movie that I'm like, oh yeah, let's put on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the first slasher that cracked the code yes. of, you know, the menacing, voiceless killer kind of thing. So I, yeah, I mean, we gave it an eight out That's of ten. That's really good. And, and still. Still not good it enough. It was not good enough. See, I mean, I I watched the 2018 one first. Oh. And, and then we watched the 78 one. Um, interesting like the next week actually i think so, that's the opposite of how you're supposed to watch them <laughs> i guess i mean uh, the 2018 one it's it's a sequel but it's also a soft reboot yeah it's not you don't have to have watched the first two even though it's a sequel yeah. to them i like that you call it a soft um, reboot that that's a good point yeah because it completely like the, so this movie like whenever whenever we're talking about halloween it's like okay but like which which one is this because there's a billion of them so this is number 11 i think i got that right in like the total number uh-huh. of movies because number 12 is halloween kills which is what's slated to be released in a, right. a month i think october 15th yeah so there's a bunch from the first run. Um, you know, one and two were basically the same night. It was like a continuation. Two is like continued right after the end of the of one. Oh. Three, three is a complete non sequitur. That season it of the witch has nothing to do with. Yeah, that season of the witch. Have you guys watched? That I haven't, one yet? but I really want to. Yeah, it's a. That's a I bad heard one. so I heard it's like cult, cl- like it has nothing to do with this. Yeah, with, there's no Michael Myers. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And then four through whatever of the original series is like kind of where it takes off of where you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get why this, why Michael Myers means whatever it means to these mm-hmm. people. Because it's like a, a little more supernatural, a little more like off the wall, over the top kind of uh, horror. And then there's the Rob Zombie remakes that are just reboots of the of the first couple i think or or they do a prequel i I haven't watched the rob zombie one i haven't yet, either but. and then there's like from all those movies i think the timeline there's like at least like two or three different timelines mm-hmm. where they ignore some movies mm-hmm. um and then this one just completely um cuts off all of them past two yeah i think it goes one two and then Michael Myers is in prison for 40 years and then this one takes place. Exactly. Like they completely leapfrog most of the franchise. Right. They're like, oh, don't worry about that. Doesn't matter. Like, (laughs) oh, that thing they said, yeah, we didn't actually uh, mean that. We're just going (laughs) to pretend that didn't happen. And they kind of, um, because from what I understand, and I only have like a cursory glimpse of the timeline or the timelines, I guess, for the whole franchise. But it's it's really messy and confusing, and because mm-hmm. there's just a lot of different cooks in that kitchen, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same with like Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. where you look at <laughs> they both have very questionable entries in the in like the nineties and two thousands. Yes, we're like okay, now they're 
they're now they're just now that yeah now they're getting a little little silly with it i know rob zombie took no disrespect love rob zombie but i do know he took a lot of creative liberties (laughs) that carpenter was less than pleased about like the whole backstory that he had assigned to michael myers and like reimagining his whole life yeah i think they made him try to make him more like empathetic which isn't kind of the yeah. point of the character yeah, it, it neuters like, him a little bit like literally the i think in the script or something like it, michael myers is known as the shit yeah. so it's it's doesn't he's not supposed to have any personality right. he's supposed to be just you know an unstoppable force killer and that's a little more apparent in like the the original intention is pretty apparent in the first um movie where it's literally just a guy standing there or just some figure out of focus kind of in the distance and just a representation of the boogeyman. Yeah. You know, they, they, they call back to a lot. They, yeah. And that's interesting, you know, but the further away they get from that, the more they try to like develop it or try to say he's like some kind of supernatural being. It just gets. Get, yeah. I know they had. I didn't I didn't know this from watching because I hadn't seen these movies, but I know that they had an angle. I can't remember which series that, that or the which which um, sequel did, started it. Um, but they they had an angle of Lori being Michael's like a strange sister. Yeah. And then they just threw that out yeah. enti- <laughs> entirely. <laughs> right. I, I liked it. Yeah. In this movie, they straight up were like they have a line in the movie where one of the characters is like, yeah, I heard he was her brother. And the granddaughter character is like, no, it was not her brother. That was something people made up. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's better when it makes no sense, too, because he's in this movie and like the portrayal is that he's this unstoppable force yes. that's just killing machine that kills anything just fueled but by also evil. for some reason yeah but also for some reason he really wants to get laurie Strode. yes the like, final girl the one he, she, the one that got she, away she, yeah she's the one that got away <laughs> and it's like there's no <laughs> there's no real reason why he would want to you know if there's no real motivation other than being a maniac but and you know and they tried to like get motivation or they talk a little bit about that with the reporters like who are desperately trying and and Sartain his psychologist who are both it feels like they're of the old sequels they're like desperately trying to Mm -hmm. find like like what's his motive what does he feel why does he do this yeah they're Loomis standings like Loomis was Loomis was a big part of those original movies Mm -hmm. and he's like almost like the Greek chorus of just yes (laughs) like (laughs) pronouncing you know how much of a personification of evil he is and really going like off kilter from just being unhinged with telling people about how evil mike myers is just knowing that to people that just aren't asking people that are just walking by he'll just grab them and be like don't you understand yes so the the psychologist in this one is kind of a stand-in for loomis and then and then L- Lori like, he's, has he's, that line where she's like, oh, you're the new Loomis. <laughs> Whenever they introduce Sartain, I'm like, oh, shit, they're just going to say it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I like I like the, the, the new Loomis, um, bad Loomis, I'll call him. 
I liked Bad Loomis. Uh, we'll get to why he's bad in just a minute. But I liked him. I liked the reporters. Not because they're likable characters. Because to be clear, they're not. But I right. like having... Well, they're, they're podcasters. Oh, my God. They so. are. You're so right. That was, they are. There's so many horror movies now that mention podcasters. Like true crime podcasters. It's, it's almost becoming a trope. It is becoming a trope, no. isn't it? The true crime podcaster... I I forgot there were podcasters. I just wrote them off as journalists, but no, they're literally true crime podcasters. Man, if I had any inclination to perform any research whatsoever, (laughs) man, true crime, that's where it's at. Well, apparently they have like $3,000 in bribe money, just cash. I'm like, from podcasting? You go, girl. (laughs) Good for you. They they got to... They must have an excellent they Patreon. They really must. They must have a very strong Patreon. But I, I hate I hate them. They're super annoying. But they really drive home a point, which in it kind of talk goes back to how um, people were making backstories for Michael and these sequels that were unnecessary and kind of like neutered the character mm-hmm. a little bit. It's like it doesn't. That's that's not the point. Like the point is that he doesn't really have one. Like he's just this like you said this rage machine of hate and evil but they're like really going after him they're like okay like what is it like look at your mask like what do you feel and he's like mm. <laughs> <laughs> i kind of want to kill, kill you, you huh? now <laughs> i would love it like like what if michael myers like he talked and you just realized that he was just really simple <laughs> you know he was like he was like lenny from <laughs> Um, of mice and men oh no he's just like i just wanted to play i just wanted to play i'm like oh michael don't talk oh it's better if you don't speak (laughs) it's better this way won't anyone's be my friend (laughs) i tried to hug her it didn't work yeah it's it's better if he it's better i agree leave it at that and did you see that john carpenter was back for this movie yeah, he, he um, had a much stronger yes. role than in previous um, sequels, yeah. so that was good. Soundtrack was great. Yeah. Like, they used the original, you know, stuff. They did, and um, it was it was John Car- Carpenter for um, the, obviously, for the music, because they used his original music from, like, the 78, mm-hmm. obviously. But then they have Cody mm-hmm. Carpenter, who is his son, which is pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. um, this other guy, Daniel Davies, who's the son of Dave Davies, um from the kinks and uh, just happens to be John Carpenter's godson. So they got this whole little family operation of like horror music, which I really love. Yeah. It's really cool. And I was looking at um, John Carpenter's opinions on like the sequels. Cause I'm like, how does he feel about, about those? And how does he feel about this one? Because he had, he actually had a hand in this one. And, you know, obviously Halloween's a huge part of his life. And he he co-wrote the first two Halloween films with Deborah Hill, and then he just kind of wasn't involved. So I I was like, why like why now? Like why are you coming back now? And he openly will admit that he hasn't even seen most of the sequels, which is wild to me. But like I kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. And he's very open with his displeasure about the ones <laughs> that he's seen. <laughs> But I like this quote from him that I got where um, because I was like, well, like, why is he getting involved now if he's, you know, he doesn't like the direction it's taken. And he's like, well, if I'm just flapping my gums here, which is when I'm like, oh, you're an old 70 year old man. okay well, Mm -hmm. if I'm just flapping my gums here, why don't I try to make it as good as I can? So, you know, stop throwing rocks from the sidelines and get in there and try to do something positive. 
I love that. Yeah. He's like, well, I won't just, I guess I could keep complaining or I could just, you know, do it. (laughs) Do it better. Yeah. And he doesn't write it. He doesn't direct it, but he does have like a very strong advising hand. And so like no major steps were made in this like direct sequel that didn't have Carpenter's approval. And that includes bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis, which Hmm. I'm sorry, that like made this movie in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's great to have her back. I on the second, I don't know if this is the second rewatching, um, but this time I watched it. I I started questioning the viability of her being that traumatized. If it was literally just one night forty years ago, it was a really bad night. <laughs> it was a really bad night, but you know, he he put. You know, he he hunted her down for a night, and then he was pri- in prison for forty years. That's true. I feel like it would be a traumatizing experience, but it's not going to be like something that would shape your life around. I disagree. But I disagree. Well, so one thing that I had to think about too, because um, a big component of this movie is like grief and trauma, and Laurie Strode is like yeah. PTSD Laurie. Like to the max. She's like an alcoholic. She lives in this, like, she's agoraphobic. She lives in this secluded house in like the woods with like this gigantic perimeter fence. When in her spare time, when she's not like combat training, she's like doing like hot wiring shit. Like she is constantly preparing and she's Mm -hmm. angry all the time. And I was like, you're right. I was like, it's been 40 years, Lori. Like you've, You've driven away all of your family, like Jesus Christ. Like I, I get that. Th- I get that something really bad happened, but like re- you, you don't feel any better. You're still so angrier than ever before. And one thing that kind of reframed it for me a little bit was that this, all this horrible stuff happened to her when she was like 16 in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, therapy is very commonplace. Like it's not like a, it wouldn't be a big deal. Like ask your like very commonly. A, my colleagues and I would be like, oh, like, this is what my therapist said. Oh, like, do you have any recommendations for like a counselor? We got support groups. People are a lot more open about talking about their feelings now and in this generation, but it wasn't like that in the 70s and 80s. She didn't have those outlets it, and it took like a really big toll on her. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get the um, PTSD and, and the trauma like that. That all makes sense. And there would definitely be effects and long-lasting effects, but it wouldn't be the guiding thing in her life, you know. It, it I don't know. In in reality, Ideally, I feel like <laughs> like the the thing where she's literally framing it her life around this one guy and making sure that she's safe from just him, not like a general like you're right um, attention to safety or like self protection, which would make sense. It's specifically for Michael yes. Myers. <laughs> like You're when right. he when he comes back and it's like mm. It's not like let's let's learn some self defense against muggers. It's like this is the button you press when Michael Myers gets <laughs> yeah. gets in this yes. room. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. Honestly, I hadn't really thought about that. That's a good point. Yeah, it's not healthy. I'll say that. It's not healthy. Right. Um right. It, it's completely obsession at this point. She's obsessed with Michael Myers. She's obsessed with keeping her family safe, specifically her daughter safe from specifically Michael Myers. Right. Exactly. And it doesn't work out well for her. I'll say that because, you know, 
I think they have like these shots of whenever she has her daughter. Oh my God. Did you notice that they switched the daughter out? <laughs> they have a completely different daughter. So I hadn't seen the most of the sequels, but apparently in Halloween, I think it's four and five. Jamie, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode already has a daughter <laughs> named Jamie. Oh. And so the actress who was playing Jamie came and came to the production studio and was like, Hey, like I'll like reprise my role. I'm happy to do that. And they're like, no, mm -hmm. we're going <laughs> to, we're going to completely pretend you never happened. And we're uh -huh. going to make a new one and uh, we're going to hire Judy Greer. And she's like, ouch. Right. Okay. And I saw a quote from her that was like, yeah, it, it would be different if they gave her like a son, but it's a daughter. So it's just a, a bit of a bummer. And I'm like, oh, that does hurt. <laughs> that is ouch. That's doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's an alternate exactly. reality. Anyways. It's like, yeah, she's... but you did. You were never actually born. We're so sorry. <laughs> we're so right. sorry about that. Yeah. And I am glad that we got Judy Greer as Karen Strode Nelson, her estranged daughter. Mm -hmm. I thought she was awesome. I thought she and Jamie Lee Curtis were just absolutely bomb in this movie. Yeah, they were great. And did you? What did you think of the new Michael Myers? Um, you know. <laughs> Same, same as, you know, meet the new boss, same as the That's old boss. True. Like, it's, it's still Michael Myers. <laughs> I, I mean, I like the, I like what they do with the mask, where it's yes. like pretty, you know, chipped up, and it's a cool, looking, like ragged mask. Yeah, it looks old. It looks um, good. I thought it looked really good. Yeah. No, I mean, I liked it. I liked the movie, um, and I think a lot of things worked really well with it. And I think the Michael Myers was treated well and he's menacing mm -hmm. and unstoppable and all the things that you'd want from Halloween and Michael That's Myers. Right. It's not, not, not many complaints there. Well, I just don't care about slashers that much. So yeah. it's like I'm not, there's only so much, so excited I can get about I it. I feel that. Like you could just swap out Michael Myers with Jason and like, could you really tell a difference? That, I mean, I get Sir? that. I do. I totally do get that. I, and I think that P, I don't think, well, that's not true because my brother is obsessed with Michael Myers. For me, the one thing that I get from this movie, like Michael Myers is fine. Like, you know, he's a fine horror villain. I like him as a horror villain, but not super captivating to me because he's a, you know, uh -huh. he's, he's not really a whole person. <laughs> he's just, yeah, but Laurie Strode, I really like. So I, I like the movie because I like Laurie and I think I liked this movie way more than the first movie because they did a lot more with her than they than yeah. they usually do and like so the first movie this is going pretty far back but like so the the writers for the first movie the, the creators really were john carpenter um who everyone knows but a lot of people don't know about deborah hill that was they were a couple at the time um they split up mm -hmm. but they were they co-wrote that movie i think in three weeks and she became like one of the biggest like producers in horror and she was like the only woman in horror um as at, at that level, at a production level. So she was like a humongous deal. And she really had a hand in creating the character of Lori, who she wasn't just another final girl, although she still is a final girl, which is like the, the last person that is left alive to tell the story that's always like a young, usually white teenage something. Mm -hmm. Like what's the, 
what's the ad addition though? Well, they gave like, what makes her not just the what the the final girl. They made her a survivor, and they and but more more so than just being like a final survivor, and that she's a survivor because she like because of circumstance. She's very very resourceful and resolved. Mm. Okay. So this movie kind of takes that in the direction that's like, oh, maybe a little unhealthy. Maybe we can back it up a little bit, Lori. <laughs> like, just take it back a couple of notches. But I do appreciate that she's like freaking ready. Right. She's like not about to be. A, she's not about to just be a victim again. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I think it's more much more common in like, you know, horror movies in the 90s and 2000s that the final girl is resourceful and, mm-hmm. and like actually yeah presents some kind of challenge and isn't just a the last victim exactly. that you know trips in the right way to get away from the killer yes um, exactly that's so exactly that's, right that's why i'm sure like back then it meant more you know yes yeah. now it's like you kind of are supposed to do that you don't right. get a gold star for that anymore you're, you're supposed to do that like why why wouldn't you Yes, do exactly. That, you know? That's right. That's right. Correct answer, Bryce. Correct answer. Did you know how much um this is always my favorite part is return on investment. So you and I aren't big fans of slasher movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um other people really like this movie. Um so how much do you think if I tell you this movie had a budget of 10 to 15 million, what would you think as far as box office? What would be your guess? Um, 10 to 15 million. Gosh, it's hard to say. I would say 150. Close. It's uh, 250 million. Isn't that so much money? Yeah. I mean, that's why these movies are made. Yes, it is. I mean, that's like, that's why there's so many slasher movies because there's just a market for there's it. a huge market people like are... i'm sorry there are two other sequels about to come out like right. these people are like we know what we're doing <laughs> exactly. we know what we're doing you know the thing that keeps throwing me off about this movie is that the producer one of the producers and executive producers i think is danny mcbride he's a writer and that's just yeah is that not and that just feels i was feels I weird i looked it up i was like is it that danny mcbride like pineapple express danny mcbride uh-huh. and i was like yeah that's him and it's him and david yeah. gordon green who do, has done a bunch of um, movies he's a director but he also directed pineapple mm-hmm. express so yeah so it's like a ex- i'm always like expecting some kind of uh you know danny mcbrideism to make its way in it it didn't feel like there was that much of a stamp no maybe i'm no, wrong i didn't maybe i, I didn't get that, that at much, all and because there's a couple little bits of humor in it but not anything that tonally changes anything yes. you know yes and that's why i was like is this the same danny danny mcbride but it totally is apparently both he and the director slash co-writer david gordon green were huge fans of the halloween movies especially the earlier ones so um, they pit, they wrote and pitched a proposal to Miramax and Bloomhouse because Bloomhouse um, obtained the rights to the franchise after Dimension mm-hmm. Films just kept not making anything decent. Basically, they right. t- and they kept yeah. trying to make, pitch these other sequels, and they kept. Are you flat. saying Halloween H two O is not good? <laughs> is that what you're saying? So. Literally, I mentioned that movie. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. I mentioned that movie in I I think Psycho in our Psycho episode of Horror Movie Club, and I called it Halloween H20 the entire time. Right. 
<laughs> I think I listened to I that one. No, I, I had no idea. Great. Yeah. I David messaged me. He's like, that's like how my mom would say it. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Halloween H2O. I literally had no uh, idea it was supposed to be H2O. Yeah, it's like Terminator 2, T2. T2. H, H20. Oh, my God. That took me down a peg. 20th anniversary. On my, my hor- I was humbled. Yeah. That was a horror humbling. <laughs> for sure. It's one of those things where I always listen to other podcasts and I find like the malapropisms yes. you know where they're like saying something wrong I'm like what an that's idiot me. yeah that's me and then and then i i do it all the time on my podcast when i listen to myself i'm like you idiot that's not how you say that yes or like for everyone who's listening you know. to everything that i'm accidentally saying wrong with absolute confidence i'm trying my best y'all just trust just, us that it's it sounds good in our don't head. look it up like just trust us it is what it is but yeah back to danny mcbride and david gordon green so they like wrote this whole pitch and um they wrote laurie strode's character like super super intense and because they didn't have one they didn't have it approved yet they didn't have the script approved and also Mm -hmm. they did not have jamie lee curtis they had no guarantee that she was going to come back because she was only in a few of the other ones and like two of the sequels i think h h2o being one of them but they they literally pitched the their script to um, Jason Bloom from Bloom House and then John Carpenter and Carpenter was was like super impressed with the pitch and he was like yeah they get it and I and so I I I love the idea of it's like fans in charge of the movie because there's a respect that you don't get from people who are just trying to make a bunch of money no matter how professional or acclaimed they are yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's apparent when someone's like a huge fan um that's taking over the franchise or, or uh something like another good example is um Doctor Sleep. Like it's very apparent that that Mike Flanagan is a yes. huge Stephen King, The Shining fan. Yes. You know, and and Kubrick fan cuz he ties them together so well. Yes. And there's yeah. a lot of care put into it. Right. Yeah. And they do that here, too. So, like, you know, they, they leapfrog over all the sequels, but they still make sure to, like, pay plenty of homage to all of those sequels. I know they have references to Season of the Witch that I didn't get, like, masks, apparently, from Season of the Witch. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't notice because I've never seen but, yeah. it. But apparently they do, um, which I think is yeah. very, very kind, considering that people just openly bully that movie, which is why I have to see it. <laughs> I have to see that one. It's like i'm trying to think of a good i mean it's it feels on the level of something that would be on mystery science theater 3000 oh i love it it would there's so many like just weird choices in that movie (laughs) that i mean just the entire premise itself is like the the idea that john carpenter had was that halloween was going to be kind of an anthology Mm -hmm. series it wasn't going to be about mike myers but since it was so successful he did the sequel to it and then killed him mm-hmm. off in the sequel he literally like burned him on fire and exploded him I oh think, god the they're like he's two. dead guys <laughs> it's he's way deader in, in <laughs> halloween 2 than he was in this movie and uh and then he was gonna move on and every halloween movie was gonna be a different story or a different like thing that was going to be halloween themed that that was going to take place on halloween 
and this and when you watch this movie you're like this is where you're gonna go next like you're gonna go walk away from the most successful like horror movie of all time and then go this far off the track it's impressive especially after you already you know, committed to a sequel you know what i mean it's like but you right. already did it you can't take it back i mean even if he just was focusing on witches uh-huh um which you know you the title would tell you it's gonna be season of the witch just doing a slightly more traditional take or story around witches would have been more successful than Using brainwashing, advertising, and microchips that explode people's what? heads. And Irish. <laughs> what was it like? I think Stonehenge had something to do with oh it. Oh my god. And this sounds like, incredible. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride. You should definitely watch it. How have it. I missed out on what is obviously the best Halloween in the franchise? <laughs> Halloween 3. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, you just you just look at your schedule because we're absolutely going to be covering that together. Oh, I don't know if I want to watch. Be it like, again. all right, I got it. We're watching it one more t- one more time, and then you're done, Bryce. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one more, and then you're done. Well, so it was off the wall. Anyways, yeah, this one wasn't that off the wall. This one was it was a little predictable, but in a fun way for me. I don't yeah. know what was your overall opinion of Halloween 2018. I thought it was great. I mean, it had some really good set pieces. Yes. The um, the one shot in the on the street when the trick or treaters are walking around and he's going and picking up the hammer and the knife yes. and killing a bunch of people like that was really cool. Um, I really like the bathroom scene. Yes. Um, and what was the other big set piece? There's another one that I liked. Um, I, know, I like it when you stomped on the guy's head and it exploded. Oh, of course. That's always good. Classic. I found myself rooting yeah. for him, which I did not want to be. But I was like, <laughs> yeah, put the mask on. Yeah, get the hammer. And I'm like, wait, no, he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the music just got me so amped up. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Michael Myers is a weird character because it shows he has no, doesn't have any like discernible motivations. Right. Um, he's just a killing machine, but he's got very specific tastes. Yes. You know, he's like, I can't kill people in this white prison uniform. No, he sure, he it's sure just, did not wear that. He he did not waste any time to get that. You know, um, the coveralls and the the coveralls and. You know, first stop is getting that mask. It's like, all right, you know, I have my ways. He's got style. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have motives, but he has style. He, know- he knows what and that's works what for really, him. And that's what really, really counts. I was yeah. watching it with um, my fiance, Nick, and we were both like rooting for Michael Myers. We are like, yeah, I can do it. And then he looks at me, he goes, are we the baddies? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think we are. And we're like, but Lori's off limits, Michael. You can kill anyone you want, but don't. I'll be really angry <laughs> if you kill. Right. You can kill. Okay. Also, spoilers. Spoiler warning. You can kill Judy Greer. What's her name? Karen's husband, who to me was completely uh-huh. useless. Did you notice mm-hmm. that whenever he wasn't, he was like in in the like hide hole, hidey hole basement. Their their daughter is missing. Right. Like 
They don't know where she is because her phone has been thrown into pudding by her terrible boyfriend. Uh And yeah, you know, prom pudding. Prom pudding. Yeah. I was like, what is that? (laughs) Like, we didn't have that at my prom. Just orange. Everyone has a traditional bowl of prom pudding. (laughs) There are people from different countries like, is that what Americans do? That that's what they think yes. Americans Yeah, that's what we do. That's what's in the that's what's in the red solo. Yeah, cups, but just this pudding. orange pudding. Uh-huh. Well, she's like <laughs> literally missing. That's his daughter. And he is mm-hmm. in the basement with a yo yo, like yo yoing. And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? You're the worst dad. Hey, hey, hey. Do not down talk yo yos. <laughs> I love yo yoing. <laughs> It's a great stress reliever. You know what? You're right. You know, everyone everyone grieves a little differently, Bryce. So maybe it's some it's something to do with your hands. That was his mechanism. You know? Some, you know, I wouldn't be criticizing, uh, you know, Judy Greer's character if she was had a like, fidget spinner. Cro- cr- if she was like crocheting, <laughs> yeah, I it's would like, be. I would. <laughs> I'd be great. I can't see Lori Strode <laughs> over there with like a fidget spinner and a stress ball. Like, you know what I mean? It's like no. You guys, I could, I could see him like furiously crocheting furiously. or knitting. Just like, I would be fine with that as long as the crochet needles came back into play. If you know what I'm saying, right? I think we're writing the next yeah, Halloween I mean, movie. They, all, all phone, Danny they McBride. Sh- they should have used the yo-yo. To be honest, the yo-yo used to be a a, weapon. a murder weapon. Historic. They used to make the know, string should've... a lot stronger <laughs> for garroting. <laughs> well, yeah, that. And I think they would just throw it at people. It's like a, a lazy boomerang. Oh, yeah. And, and that it, it come back to you doesn't come back. <laughs> it's just a blunt force object. Right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe the dad was planning on using it as a weapon to save his daughter. Exactly. So I guess I'll be a little sad that, you know, he gets killed pretty, pretty quickly. I don't yo-yo shame. That's all right? right. Shame on and me. That's, that's, a, that's a stand that I would take. <laughs> Okay. Oh my gosh. Not when your daughter's missing and her phone's in prom pudding. That's that not not a time for yo-yoing, Bryce. We'll agree, agree to, disagree. to disagree. Well, speaking of kills, what did you think of the kills in this movie? They were good. I think one of the things that like Halloween fans had issue with is I think it recycles some of the stuff from previous movies. Like it's kind of from what I understand, is kind of a greatest hits. Is it thing? Um, and there's even a couple from the original movie, like pinning the boyfriend to the door yes. with a knife. That's that's from the first movie. Um, there's a lot more head trauma in in the sequels. Oh, than in the first two. So like the crushing the head. Um, that's definitely something you would see in like Halloween. He, like, slams some people's whatever. heads against, like, the walls, too. Right, right. It's not just stabbing. Because I, I, I had only seen the first one, so I had seen mostly stabbing. Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, yeah. brutally crushing. Right. Yeah, I mean, it kind of turns the corner in Halloween 4. Like, that's where I understood. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. This is what Michael's Meyer, Michael Myers is. He's Strong as hell. Like, in, inhumanly yes. strong. Because in that movie... They're transporting them. I think the opening scene in, in Halloween Four is they're transporting them in a ambulance, which is kind of similar to the transport of the of the bus in this one. And um, he's like on life support or whatever, and then he reaches up and basically grabs one of the 
the guy's heads and just crushes it. Oh my god! <laughs> like, just crushes it in his hands, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, so this is not an even this fight. Is, <laughs> yeah, this is where we're going with this character now. It's yeah, because that's like a just, big argument, right? It's and I even didn't quite understand. I'm like, is it is it supernatural? Like, I don't because in some of the movies it's clearly supernatural, in some of them it's not. Yeah, I don't think it goes as far as, like, Jason, right. where Jason is definitely undead yes. and, like, crazy, you know, unkillable. Um, it it leaves it open to interpretation for Michael Myers. In the, in the trailer for, the, for Halloween Kills, it feels like they're trying to go that way. Mm-hmm. Like, they're kind of hinting at, you know, he's transforming into, you know, something. It's like, okay. We'll find out. Or he's just a guy with a knife. I prefer you know. it where he's just a guy, like just a really freaky strong guy with a knife that does not care mm-hmm. that you gouge his eye out or shot his fingers off. Right. Because that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about, I, I remember thinking it was kind of a big deal from my understanding of the character that they shot his fingers off. Because he's referred to as the shape. And if you're altering literally like his silhouette and he's got like two fingers left. Like, what does that say about the character? That's true. Because really, in the other movies, it's just like, you know, he gets stabbed or he gets shot, but never disfigured. Yeah. Yeah. That's I really hadn't thought about that. I was just like, oh, cool. He blew off his fingers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK. And that's kind of that's kind of a thing with Jason, too. I think Jason has a little more of an evolving appearance from previous trauma right you know, from like yeah he does that's a good getting point chopped in the head or other stuff but yeah so that's interesting it's it's a weird road when you're gonna have a weird road to go down when you're gonna have a franchise that could go into like 50 movies like yes eventually it's gonna be just a stump man you know? <laughs> it's gonna be a guy with four stumps and he's still and winning somehow yeah how is this just, stump getting just gnaws a- at him just michael's head rolling around mm-hmm. he just bites bites their that's right you know what do you did you notice if he had his all of his fingers in the trailer i'm about to be, i'm about to be one of those weird horror people that goes to make see if it, yeah i didn't i didn't notice i didn't like i, I need to go back because like, if he if he it, has grown back fingers then he's absolutely supernatural right. or an axolotl one or one or the other yeah but he's still old you know, he's not immortal. I don't think so, Probably. right? Because he's Maybe. aged in know. this movie. Yeah. Like they, like the actor that they hired was an age-appropriate actor. He was like in his late 60s. Mm-hmm. Nick Castle, who was like the original Michael Myers. Um, oh, actually, I want to bring that up because they credit Michael Myers as being portrayed by Nick Castle. And I looked it up and that's not really true. Because like... Really? Well, like... So there's James Jude Courtney, who is the the new Michael Myers. He's like a stuntman okay. that So when he's in the mask he's Yes. Courtney. It is it is And when he's when he doesn't have the mask it's Nick. So that's what, what So Nick, that's what I Nick That's Cannon. what I Yeah, Nick Cannon is in this. Can you imagine? Yeah. I would love that direction for this movie. <laughs> I would be so happy. No, it's so it's Michael Myers wild, wild and out. Wild and out. Well, like they they the way they had kind of 
explained it in the production, in my opinion, has like kind of misrepresented it is that, yeah, whenever he has the mask on, that's Nick Castle. But whenever he doesn't, mm. then that's James Jude Courtney, the, who's like the new Michael Myers, who you see a lot of his face in this movie. Mm. Um, that's not even true. So whenever the mask is on, it's still James Jude Courtney. And the only time that it's Nick Castle is there's like this one very brief cameo performance and his breathing at the end is Nick Castle's breathing. Which I want to know okay. how much money he got paid to breathe into a microphone. Oh, man. Because <laughs> Nick Castle's 73 at this point. I'm like... So the so the guy that portrayed him without the mask isn't even the original no. guy. Yeah, wow. so I'm like, don't even put that's, his name on impressive. this. <laughs> but they did because they know that people really like that, and they're right. I saw Nick Castle, and I'm like, I know that name. I'm a horror person, <laughs> and this pleases me. But it was a trick. Yeah, they really get behind behind the actors, and sometimes it's warranted. Like, you can't. The recasting of of Freddy just did not go. Well, <gasps> I forgot know. they tried to do that. People, people hated that, and that that makes sense. Disrespectful. Um, yeah, it's it's an iconic actor, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you don't mess and, with Robert England. Robert England is off limits. <laughs> yeah, but with a masked killer like Jason and and Michael Myers, it's like. Okay, I guess they bring their own thing to the physicality, yes. but does it really it matter? It doesn't really. You know? And and there's been like it's not does like it... all of them before were Nick Castle and now it's like the first one. No, like they've all been kind of de- Nick Castle I think was just the first one. Yeah. So, it's not a big deal. And this one now, now that we have this James Jude Courtney guy who I really liked, I thought he did a good job. Now mm-hmm. that he's going to have three movies cuz he's slated for the two next sequels, he's going to be the Michael Myers that has been in the most movies. Which is kind of a big deal. Really? Mm-hmm. There. Nick Cannon has only been in how? <laughs> how in two? <laughs> I think Nick Castle is only in the first two. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's. I weird. know. So it was a different. It was a different Michael Myers. A lot. Okay. There's been a few. Yeah, there's huh. been a few different Michael Myers. Because you're right. It's just kind of like a man in a mask. Hmm. Yeah. I'm 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 optimistic. I liked the, I liked this one. I liked Courtney. I thought he did a good job. I also I looked up um to see if he had, like had any influences from Nick Castle or, or how he decided to do the movements he did. And apparently he um he was directed by uh, Green. They were like, "Hey, you should like add some like feline movement to it," which I liked. And so apparently he mm. studied Nick Castle's performance and kind of watched the movies and thought about like how that how time would have affected how he moves, uh, re age, which he is not really affected by age to be clear. But he also apparently um, James Duke Courtney has a cat named Parsival, and so he just like watched his cat <laughs> for like a lot of inspiration. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder if that if that's interpreted as like the head movement. Because there's that's kind of iconic, iconic um, for me, or like what really works in this movie is that he's like standing still and then his like head kind of darts yeah. to the side and gets um, fixated on something. That's kind of feline. That right? is kind of feline. Because yeah, if you think about like Jason, like that's not how Jason moves. Jason's very blocky. Like he kind of right. moves like he has a whole ass helmet on his head, like a zombie right. kind of yeah. almost. Yeah, well, he is. Technically yeah, technically, zombie, right? He's undead, undead at the very least. Maybe he's a vampire. 
We don't, we don't know. know. Who's to say? And frankly, we don't want No, to. we don't. That's right. Don't don't tell us too much, guys. Let us let us put it together. We can figure it out. He's a cat demon. We get it. <laughs> Not a big deal. We get it. Let me see. That's I mean, I overall How did you how did you think about the like the early scenes without the mask? I really thought they they handled that really well. I thought it was pretty cool how they shot it. And I liked it. Kept it. Um, showed enough, but never really showed like a full on like shot of his face. Yes. So I really enjoyed it. Nick, my fiance, really didn't. So huh. it's it's again Halloween just brings out the strongest of opinions. So I I agree. I liked seeing the face because I thought they showed just enough to show. Um, to make to make it feel like oh I got to see something cool like I got to finally see under the mask yeah. but not enough that it makes it less scary because I feel like they had given me just a shot on of like a, a an elderly white guy's face uh -huh. I wouldn't have been that spooked but it was just like a little bit of white beard those like deep setted eyes mm -hmm. and that's really it yeah I loved it and then they still obscured his I face when he wasn't wearing a mask for sh for full on shots yeah and I think it. It sets it up really well because it establishes that he is an older yes. guy. You know, he's like just he's got old man strength. Yes, he does. You know, that's one of the <laughs> David will talk about just realizing how strong old men are, that it's frightening <laughs> when he, when you get into a tussle with like your father. Yes. And you're like, holy crap. Like I he can actually just fold me in half i swear to god i think i've had this conversation with david before i was watching an yeah. episode of i think i swear to god i think it was like euphoria or something silly like that mm. and there was like a, a very very strong boy um a very like the mm. big hunky strong man who then like tries to like pick a fight with his like 55 year old dad and his dad just like freaking slams him to the floor and it's like oh yeah <laughs> you're still like a like a man like a big strong <laughs> right, right very muscular tall imposing man so yeah you could still really mess me up so yeah. respect to you 73 year old michael myers i i get it you could still crumble me up like a paper ball <laughs> you're still scary and then on the other side of that coin jamie lee curtis is still freaking badass as ever with her like short white hair yeah well, it's not short. Yeah, it's like, Jamie you know, Lee it's Curtis. like medium. It's like it's she has this okay. she has the exact same haircut as my mother. So Okay. See, I when I think short-haired Jamie Lee Curtis, oh, like she had a like a pixie right. cut. That's right. That's cuz that was her look. You're right. You're right. So, for her yeah. it's quite long. It's nearly yeah. she she could probably put it in a ponytail. Right. <laughs> like it was uh You know, I I'm not too surprised that they got Jamie Lee Curtis cuz it feels like the last thing that she's been doing for probably the decade leading up to this was just Activia commercials. Maybe you know? they threw the phone in some yogurt. Yeah. And it all ties <laughs> like, in. Hey, yeah, you're like, I, Jamie Lee Curtis was like, I'll do it if you feature Activia <laughs> at some point in the movie. I I'll do like, it, sure. but you have, there has to be and, very specific product placement. <laughs> it's prom yogurt. <laughs> we were wrong. It wasn't pudding, it was yogurt. Why did you throw it in the Activia yogurt? Yeah. Those kids are going to be regular. They're going to be so regular. Good for them. 
Oh, speaking of kids, if so I've talked about all the things that I really liked about this movie. I think we should talk about the things that we don't like, which I like this movie as a whole. I don't think it was perfect. Very mm-hmm. few movies are. I think most of the dialogue with the teenagers was clumsy and weird and very clearly written by not teenagers. Did you get that vibe yeah. or was that just me? Um, I mean, I'm so dead to it now. <laughs> like every every teenager is like, you know, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. You know, they're just like way too mature and talking about sex way too yes. much. Um, so I'm just kind of dead to it, but it, I, I feel like it's more of that. It's just, right? yeah, it's just more of that. Like I, I, I didn't give a crap about the, her, the granddaughter, Allison. I mean, I like, I like the, the granddaughter. She was fine, but I did not care about her relationship with the boyfriend. I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't care, man. And then they didn't even kill him. Yeah. I appreciate the attempt, sure. you know, that, that they're trying to move it on to the next generation of babysitters yes. you know that that was i liked you know her the tying tying it together i liked the babysitter a lot i take you know what i, yeah, take that's, I liked her yeah yeah the babysitter was good um the little boy she was babysitting was great i thought they were He's, i thought yeah, they were the awesome together the um when he's just yeah, like I mean, shut it's, up it's, dave i <laughs> <laughs> love him it's like uh two kind of two movies at once like in tone because they're trying to maintain yes. the young kids as babysitters um but also like tying it to a bunch of middle-aged people that have history yeah with michael the myers people who are gonna watch so, this for nostalgia right so i i, I just know. think we need I, better I think writing they, they have to compromise both yeah that's a good point. I guess I hadn't thought of what, it. What would what would the teenagers? What's a good example of like really good teen writing? To you? So it has to be more of the times. Like no one's like involve social media, but not in, in like an over the top way. But like social media is everything right now. The the parties. Nobody goes to these high school parties. You know what I mean? Right. No one like spends fifty dollars on their Halloween costume. No. To to go to high no, school. No, uh, like, no one does that. Like, bring it back to what it was in the eighties, which I feel was more authentic. Like a, a house party where someone's parents not there. I want like right. characters that don't get along with each other, or a character that's annoying right. but not trying to be comedic relief. The incel character in this movie got so under my skin. I was so excited. I literally have a note on my little in my little notebook that I write down as I'm watching the movie, and it says "kill the incel." <laughs> I was like, "Get him off the screen. He's the worst. He's like like that horrible friend who thinks he's a good friend, <laughs> and so mm. therefore feels entitled to like a romantic relationship with his friend." And I'm just like, "You're gross." And you bring nothing good to this movie, and I'm so excited for Michael to find you. Yeah. And hang you up on a fence where you belong <laughs> as a warning to the other incels. That that felt like almost tacked on to me. Yes. Of like, that's one of those examples of like, we have a character that you don't really care about that much or seems like an okay person, and then they do something kind of deplorable right before they get yes. killed so you don't feel so, you so don't bad care. for them getting killed that's exactly you know, like, what it was because like i didn't 
I don't even know what that guy's name was. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> He's not important. Right. Yeah. I would much rather have, have had them just like do what they did where they just like, like that scene where Michael Myers just breaks into someone's house while they're on the phone. is just like, I'm just going to, you know, stab you in the throat. <laughs> like you, you don't need a mm-hmm. name. <laughs> just going to stab you in the right. throat. Exactly. <laughs> what else did you not like? Was there anything else that you were not a fan of or that you would have preferred done differently? Or did you overall like it? Um, I think that there was like one thing that bothered me a little. Um, so Jamie Lee Curtis has built this fortress, this anti-Michael Myers fortress. Yes. Correct word. Um, specifically to, you know, entrap him. And she's got cameras everywhere, but not in the place that she's going to be staying. I know. She, like... I thought She's that like, she'd have like. Let's go down into the basement where none of the monitors. Where none are. of the monitors are. We got peaches for days, but right. no monitors. I was like, "Are you for real?" Yeah. And then it's, she has all the the lights on outside, but she turns them on after everyone gets killed. And I'm like, "You could have had uh-huh. those on the whole time." All the floodlights. I'm like, Lori. Or even just some proximity sensors. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Goes off when Michael Myers gets closer. That house where the incel got killed with better security than yeah. Lori Strode's house. And it wasn't in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was just like, Ugh. not the best execution, Lori. I'm so sorry. You didn't think yeah. this through. And it doesn't last. Like, he gets in there in like a second. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, get some steel doors. Don't get doors with windows. Oh my God! Yes, her front door. Get some, get some metal, you know, cages for your. That's windows. right. If like, if you want to be, be more secure, if you're in like downtown Washington D.C. Yes, that's right. Because they got that. You, I mean, your your packages would get stolen, but Michael's not getting through those windows. Right. Her lean, as soon as she leaned against the door with the two glass windows, I'm like, there is no way that she would have glass windows on her door and you know what's gonna happen he's gonna shove his hands through it and grab her which he does right and, just... and that was another one was like what was the what was the tactic there what was the tactic? like what what tactical advantage did she have to lean back against the door <laughs> between the two windows and try to look out the window because it was like, with such purpose could... like the stance she took yeah yeah, and I was like, like, you train you a just... lot. Like, I think, like, you've definitely read books, you know, on, like, combat. Yeah. Again, she has cameras everywhere. Right. Wouldn't that be the more effective? Yeah, but it's not yeah, dramatic. It's not. I feel like, I feel like Kevin McAllister would have been a a tougher. Yes, that's right. You know, opponent to Michael Oh, Myers my God. The mashup I didn't situation. know I needed. A hundred percent would would pay money to watch that. <laughs> excellent i will say i like so like for all that the um the basement lacked i did really like the big showdown with the basement mm-hmm. especially judy greer like with the gun i thought that the her faking being scared was a little bit on the nose but i appreciated it yeah it was it was okay it was okay i wasn't upset about it i wish i wish with the um the basement when um they have, you know, when she closes the um, the, spikes the spikes that closes the Mario off the, spikes. the basement, 
Yeah, I wish they would have like had him reaching out in his hand or something, oh, so he'd at least get stabbed yes. through. So that that would have been more menacing, and he would have been even more trapped. But you, you know, know, whatever. And he, we know that he's alive, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's a horror movie. It's like when someone dies in a comic book, and you're like, oh, there, they'll, they'll be dead. back, they'll be back. Yeah. And they did also give us because you know they trap him in the basement pull out the mario spikes and then they <laughs> this was one thing that also bothered me a little bit is i was like you raise your daughter in that house one <laughs> honey don't press that button you will be impaled like I'm like yeah no wonder social services took your child jesus <laughs> there's just gas you have gas lines in the basement okay cool <laughs> but i'm but like who am i to judge because damn it Lori, you were right that was smart to install that and <laughs> I know. In the basement. Yeah. So they like, you know, light him up. We watch him like just burn as if he doesn't feel anything. He doesn't care. But mm-hmm. then we get we get a shot of the burning basement, but Michael's not there. Mm. And then I didn't watch this because I'm not a huge post credit scene person because it usually doesn't pay off like that. And the theater people are usually trying to like sweep up the popcorn. But apparently there's like a post credit scene of Michael's breathing, which is indicating he survived and i think that that is nick castle's cameo <laughs> perfect. perfect and he's like i'll take my uh quarter of a million please i'll take <laughs> yeah oh man i i think i'm probably gonna yeah, watch it's the- similar to like when in the new star wars movies with peter mayhew before you know he died like i'm sure peter mayhew was in like two scenes as chewbacca <laughs> you know? right and he probably got like millions Hell of dollars yeah. for it absolutely he did just so that they could say yeah he's like i will show up for my five minutes and you can mail that mm-hmm. uh straight to my house a cash is better actually i'll take cash. right right <laughs> are you gonna watch the halloween sequels then i should be more specific um, the ones that are coming out next <laughs> yeah um yeah we'll definitely see them um i mean we'll cover them on horror movie talk and i think every Every October we do like the next Halloween sequel, so we're on four. Oh my gosh, um, you guys are doing the like Halloween four, like the fourth one. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. totally. Listening. And then we'll do we'll do Halloween Kills. I mean, we try to cover all the new releases mm-hmm. as they come out. Um, like we didn't do Malignant this weekend because David's gone, but um, I'm sure we'll get that one in pretty quick. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see the new one. Probably cover four. Um, and, um, I don't know if you're a horror movie talk fan, you'll know that one of our listeners is, uh, kind of crazy. His name is Bugsy. Oh yeah. We know, we, we know about Bugsy and Halloween four is his absolute favorite horror movie what? and he's going to be on the show. <gasps> so we're looking forward oh, to that. Oh, that is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Oh, I love you go Bugsy. Also his favorite <laughs> horror movie, not just his favorite Halloween movie. I think his favorite movie oh my period, God. is Halloween 4. Yeah. He's got particular taste. I love it. Oh. He's an interesting individual. You do you, man. I love that. <laughs> well, what else do you have in the pipeline? What else is going on over at Horror Movie Talk? Oh, yeah. We've got some really cool stuff coming up. Um, we have um, a mini series coming out of an after show for Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass. <gasps> which is coming out in let's see 2 weeks soon so it'll come out it'll come out on September 24th um 
Mike Flanagan uh, did Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done Doctor Sleep, Hush, a lot of like just fantastic horror movies. And this is his latest miniseries on Netflix. And since we got advanced copies of so it, cool. we're going to record an after show for each episode. It's a seven part series. And we'll be doing like our general review releasing on the 20th is what we're planning. Um, so you'll get our impressions and then you can listen to the after shows as you watch the show. And I'll tell you right now, I'm probably in an embargo for reviews to give my official review, but it will be worth your time to watch Midnight Mass. Um, I'm really excited for people to see oh, it because it, it's uh, my uh, Mike Flanagan doesn't disappoint. He, that man um, is something yeah. else. We're we're in the middle of we're just finishing up Hill House right now for our show and Emma had not seen yeah. so Emma obviously doesn't watch horror anything that's like her thing she hates yeah. it but she just watched Hill she had just watched Bly Manor then she's like oh it's pretty good and then she watched Hill House she's like holy shit who is this guy <laughs> yeah. I'm like this is Mike Flanagan bitch you you gonna learn today and now she, so she just gets to stroll right from Hill House right into Midnight Mass I'm like you were extremely lucky you were privileged. Yeah. Yeah. Hill House. Uh, yeah. I mean, we watched Bly Manor. We did a similar after show for Bly Manor um, last year, and it's our most successful episodes like to date. It's, it's oh, love it. pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, but as we were reviewing that, I was like, yeah, it's it's a it's about as good as Hill House because it had been a while since I watched <laughs> it. But we watched Hill House not too long after that. And I was like, oh, oh, that's right. No, Hill House. Hill House is ridiculous. Just good. next like, level. Yeah, it's emotional and and like legit frightening and Oh, it's good. Like you know, it's not just a jump scare factory. It's got real you know, gravitas and just creativity in it. So yeah, um Midnight Mass is not going to be like Hill House and, and Bly Manor. It's not like a continuation of the mm-hmm. haunting series. It's its own thing, but it'll be um, worth the time. And I saw it, it has like um, a lot of Mike Flanagan's like people in it, which I like. Yeah, he uses, you know, his uh, his crew um, on a lot of stuff. So his, his wife in it, is in it, Kate Siegel. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy from E.T. Oh, uh, oh shoot. What is his name? Some something Thomas. Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. Um, what's her name? That was the the maid in. So the maid and her husband in Haunting of Hill House. They're in <gasps> the Dudleys or this. the Dursleys. Dursleys. Yeah. Dudleys. Yeah. Dudleys. Yeah. Dudleys is Harry Potter. This is. They're probably wait. No, Dursleys wait, is, is Harry Potter. The, <laughs> okay, Dudleys. Sure. Um, they're great. Uh, Robert Longstreet is, is the guy. Yes, he's um, fantastic. And he, yeah. Um, and, and some others that are, haven't been in, in other series that are just fantastic. The, yeah. I'm so excited. I don't know how much I, I don't know how much I can say before the 20th, uh, but I'm, I'm excited for the series to come out and I'm excited for the after show. So if you guys want to, um, get in on that, um, go to, you know your preferred podcast platform and search for horror movie talk and subscribe and then you'll get access to them right as we release them we're going to release all of them on the 24th 
Um, so they'll be immediately available for people that are binging the series. Yeah, we're about to get fed, and, y'all. Yeah. So we're excited for that. So thank you for, for letting me plug Oh my God, that. thank you for telling <laughs> because, me. I'm so excited to yeah. listen. And um, after we turn off the mics, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you some info about um, what you guys could be Ooh. doing to get some get uh, exclusive access. The inside scoop. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's amazing. Well, before I let you let you go, um, I do want to ask you, if you don't mind, uh, rating Halloween 2018 on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is abysmal. 10 is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to be bold and say that mm. I'm going to give Halloween 2018. I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10 reverse jack-o'-lanterns. Seven out of ten reverse jack. Yeah, it, What's a reverse jack? Well, like because the intro, they have that rotting jack o' lantern that they play back over the Halloween music for the intro credits, uh, and that was like my favorite yeah. part. <laughs> Just watching the reverse rotting jack o' lantern. <laughs> um, well. I'll give it the same rating. I just looked up what I gave it when we reviewed it. So for consistency's sake, I'll give it a nine. Nine out of ten. Out of 10. Yeah, I thought it was really That's good. High. I think it's a really like um, well formulated slasher that it's not just it fills in a lot of like the backstory and and like you know some of the ideas you know around Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. It, I liked it better than the original. Oh, me too. Which is where I where I get a lot of. Oh, flack. we're gonna get in so much trouble um, for saying that, but yes, way better than the original. I think I gave the Halloween 1978, um, I think I gave that one an eight. Which is still pretty good. Um, I think I gave it something way worse that I'm not going to repeat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely worth seeing, and especially as the, the new one's coming out this um, next month, it, it's worth watching before yeah. then. It has the Halloween vibe down pat. Yeah. Well, one more thing, and then I'll let you go. But I do. We do have a scoreboard on our website um, that goes. We. <laughs> it is both sacred and um, subjective. So it's a list of all the movies we've ever seen. We slot them into a different place against each other. Um, I'm just gonna pick. I'm gonna start from the mid tier, and you tell me uh, how you feel personally. Would you say that we've been talking about Bly Manor? That's that's right, kind of in the at the the third mark. Where's Where's the website? If you go to our um, Instagram, if you go to our Instagram, there's a tiny URL. And then if you go to the, there's a banner marker that says scoreboard and you can just click it. Banner marker. Scoreboard. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, It's it's very subjective. hmm. It is a mess. There's a lot of compromises on here, but we do the best we can. And so it is for that reason sacred. Out of 61. Hmm. Cats? Was Cats the musical? Yes. You've reviewed that as a yes, horror movie? Did. That's not too far off. I, no, it was I still haven't seen it. Um, well, it's not that bad. No, it um, is not. I would put it... Hmm. I think I'd put it like right below Tucker... And Dale versus Evil. So like 30, 34, and then move all the other ones yeah, down. Yeah, I, I agree with that. 
That's what I. That's where I was looking too, because like I mean, the ones above this are a little bit, you know, can't touch this. Like the thing, ready or not, you know, American Werewolf. See, except you guys have Black Christmas so far. You have Black Christmas above Tucker and Dale, and I hated that. Oh my movie. god, you hated Black Christmas? Oh man, I liked Halloween nineteen seventy eight so much better than Black you Christmas. You're kidding. Oh. See, our Halloween is and guys. It's too late. I'm not moving it. Stop asking me. It is number 51 out of 61 on our list. So we didn't yeah. like it. Oh, man, you guys, this is weird. I know, I know. <laughs> you guys you guys have as above, so below, right above that, which we really liked. I liked it That's too. one of David's favorite movies. Then you have Saw below, and then 13 Ghosts. I know. Listen. And then Cats. <laughs> you have it right next to th- Cats and 13 Ghosts. That's insane. I know. That's insulting. I know. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna start leaving you angry Instagram see. messages like the Halloween fans <laughs> leave us. Gonna leave you crazy bipolar oh my God. messages. I'm telling you, berating you for your. We, listen, when you have two people with very different opinions trying to make a list, it gets ugly and compromises. You have the made. Exorcist and Paranormal Activity way down there. I know. What is wrong with you I, people? Okay, I know. Paranormal activity deserve Okay, you're not gonna like where I would have put the exorcist, but paranormal activity I would have put way higher. But it is what it is. So it's an average of is it like an average of the two scores? Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's an average. Sometimes if one person has like a really strong opinion, then they get it, but then there's a mm. bargaining chip that the other person gets for the next one. So sometimes I'll feel really strongly like I'm like, no, that that has to be much higher. And Emma will be like, fine, but now I have a bargaining chip. And then I'll regret that <laughs> next time when she's like, I'm actually gonna put the Blair Witch project at like number seventy. And I'm like, no. And she's like, Well, <laughs> I have the bargaining chip. So you didn't like The Exorcist? Mm. The Exorcist is my it was, I liked it. I think it's um, it scared me. I like legit had trouble sleeping after it, which I didn't expect. I watched it alone while I was pet sitting because I thought it would be a walk in the park, and it wasn't. Am I going to mm-hmm. rewatch it? Probably not. Like, it's a little bit dated. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you what. After you have some kids okay. or a kid, like white wait a couple of years like wait until you have a kid around the age of linda blair at the time and it takes on a whole new is it level. way scarier like, it's it's like horrifying in in a uh completely new way because the exorcist was one i fa- was like my favorite horror movie even you know before i had kids like i really loved that movie and like how i mean they they go hard into the paint with that movie they uh you know, when when you got a little girl masturbating furiously with a crucifix, oh, you're I like, forgot about okay, that. this is kind of on, this is kind of on another level of other movies that they I've sure seen. They sure did. Um, and then when you're a parent, the other aspect is the desperation of the mother, and how good the acting is from what's her name, Ellen Burstyn. Um, and because that's like that's the most terrifying thing that I've ever experienced is is my kid having a health situation that threatened his life or potentially threatened his life, and there was like no answer for it. Like that, it he was hospitalized, and then just it wasn't getting better. 
in the way that they were expecting. And that's... That sounds horrible. Terrifying. Yeah. That's Helpless. like... Like, actually terrifying. I'm I'm more scared of that than I am someone with a knife coming after that me. That makes sense. I'd be like, you know... I'd welcome Michael Myers with open arms. That makes sense. I, I never want my kids to be in the hospital. Don't though. touch Bryce's babies. He will go Mike Myers on you. Yeah. I, that's another thing so, I like about horror movie talk is that like you guys have a completely different perspective because Em and I do not have kids. I do not. Yeah. I never empathize. Not like I don't care, but I never like relate strongly to the parents ever. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like 27 and I, <laughs> I'm just, I don't think it's kind of great like once you once you uh it takes on a whole new perspective once you start having kids interesting and you're like oh i can appreciate this now so the same thing with like the babadook yes or um like hereditary like a, a lot of a lot of movies with like family-based horror you start understanding i bet hereditary like, okay. was awful to watch <laughs> as a parent yeah i mean it's yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's pretty crazy did you uh, empathize stronger with like Lori? like in this movie did where you're like yeah i get why you did what you did like you're trying to protect her or were you just like nah you're a little bit much no she was a crazy person (laughs) so so i don't necessarily empathize with her because that's not the route i would take that's bad parenting um, (laughs) so yeah not don't like completely shun your family because of your paranoia um see but words of wisdom from bryce over here from horror movie talk i'm so glad that you were able to join us this was so much fun i can't wait to have you guys come back on the show and i'm really excited to um hear about midnight mass that's going to be awesome yeah we're excited too um we'll have to have you guys on again as well we loved having you guys on the last two times maybe we can get you both on at the same time we got to make it happen well thanks so much of course thank you guys so much for listening and for being club members and supporting the club we love you we love horror movie talk and you guys stay spoopy all right see ya